All right, folks, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barakla nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altaw sahla wa antajalul hizna idha shayt sahla, Allahumma a'in ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik, ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, everybody. Just please confirm to me that you are seeing, hearing uh, everything uh, correct and okay, that the picture is fine that the audio is fine, because as usual, everything in this uh, country is great um, until it comes to the time for action and then everything collapses. So the Wi-Fi now is not working, so I'm using my phone data. So I hope that that lasts long enough. And I am trying to um, uh, use a few other things as well, but uh, I don't know. Let's see. Anyway, sounds like everything is looking good. So. Alhamdulillah. Um, hope you guys are doing uh, okay. Still in Cairo. What is it that I can hear? It was myself. All right. Um, so, still in Cairo. Truth be told, I might still be. Uh, this is a announcement for those folks who are on the like the Telegram groups, etc. Um, that the. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, next week, I might not be back. Just in case anyone's thinking of traveling into Cheadle, then just keep an eye on the group, okay? Really important because I might not be back tomorrow, uh, next week. Um, I might need to stay on to sort out a few things. So keep an eye on that. Second thing, um, you know, when you're watching on the portal or directly on the YouTube link, if you can't get on a portal for some reason, always make sure that the red thing is showing as live. So if you press that red thing on the button, it catches you up because it's clear that some people are, uh, are a bit behind. All right, they're a bit behind. So uh, let's make sure that that is not the, uh, uh, that that's not the case. All right, folks. So uh, Shaz, do we have any kind of text of any sort, of, of any type? Um, I know that we're at the back. Thank you, Mesa. We're at the... Um, uh, we're on uh, we're on 200 and uh, well right at the bottom of page 275 uh, if Shaz has something out of a working translation frankly guys I just want to apologize I've had no time to do anything right uh, all right I've had no time uh, so I've not had any time to translate um, but okay we'll do we'll do just a working one uh, thingy I will be back I will be back for Dominion don't worry about that I will most definitely so next week guys week so not this saturday the the no not this saturday not the saturday after the saturday after okay so two weeks on saturday yeah so this saturday two weeks time inshallah in bradford three more saturdays Marzita. don't mess me around okay so it's not this first saturday it's not the second saturday it's the third saturday Come on, Mazita, right? You can, I, mean, I get easily confused anyway without you adding to my confusion. I think it's like that, okay? I'm pretty sure it's like that. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble, yeah? So two more, so the third one, exactly that, yeah? So the third Saturday, the 25th of February, inshallah, um, in the evening. If you guys can come out, then um, I'll say two things. One, it'll be wonderful to see you for... Um, the live version of Dominion, which has its own mazah and its own little extra 
uh, tidbits and a few extra thoughts that I have been thinking about as well. Uh, so, of course, it will be different. Um, that's going to be, as I said, in Bradford, right? But I just want you to know something that it will set out very quickly because the number, because it's in a, in a exactly at the moment, the only venue that they could find is a, is a student hall in the university, which is small. And so if you haven't got your place, then you need to confirm it immediately. All right. Otherwise, um, uh, it's going to get full quickly. There's no doubt about that. The issue, because it's only like 180 seats or something like that, which is nothing. Um, and they are trying to find another venue and I don't think they're going to find it. That's what I understand. They're not going to be able to find another venue that's bigger. So with it being so small, you need to make sure that you confirm your place. All right, quickly. So that's in the 25th, which is in a two and a half weeks time. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Haven't been to Bradistan for ages. All right, folks. And it's five o'clock. There you go. Shaz has put the stuff on the, uh, on the uh, uh, portal. So what we're going to do today then. Um, and, you know, I noticed the reason why Mesa loves these online classes is that they are always an hour long. Right, because it's actually, to be honest, kind of lonely. That's the truth, and there doesn't uh, the, the energy to be uh, doing it, um, doing the class by yourself, is kind of tough. Those are the facts. Allah knows best. So, uh, Imam Al Hajjawi, alayhi rahmatullah. Before I start, I should say, my goodness me. Obviously, Cairo Book Fair was here for that. It finished a couple of days ago. Um, and on the last two days is when it was really stressful, actually. I was going around. One of the things I noticed is how many commentaries have come out and how many versions have come out new. And even that's been happening over the last five, ten years anyway. I've been noticing little kind of, you know, practical Zad al-Mustaqnet texts, uh, activity books, yani, uh, activity uh, books, around Zad al-Mustaqni, colored ones, some for kids, some for adults, all kinds of stuff, actually. Very interesting kind of stuff. And um, um, what has the, um, and what I noticed this year is a lot more different commentaries from different people in different parts of the world to Zad al-Mustaqni. So everyone's on that uh, uh, bandwagon. Different types of, um, as I said, different types of commentary um, a lot now are doing what they're doing is not so worrying so much about the commentary to it but rearranging the text in a way that they think would be more easier to read like in numbers form so instead of a paragraph you know mentioning loads of things they will put the double colon and put one two three four you know for example the shurut or order or eggs or whatever so like you know even uh, uh, like yeah I guess this is what you, where you're allowed to stand, not there, not there, not there, not there, like that, you know? So breaking it down like a, a textbook would be, teaching textbook would be. Um, and other styles. So uh, Zad al-Mustaqni is becoming a lot bigger. Um, Humbly Fiqh seems to be just generally becoming a quite a bigger, a bigger generally anyway. And uh, of course, our focus is not necessarily Humbly Fiqh, it's all of the, the madhahib as much as possible. Um, and, uh, but yeah. It's just interesting to see that the whole book scene 
Yeah. So uh, in terms of the page in the commentary, uh, Suraya, then we're at the bottom of 275. By the way, Suraya, I just want to say to you because I think you're the only person who is on this page right now that imagine that I gave you the greatest news ever for March. Okay. Uh, greatest single news ever. Okay. Then I want to give you that great news. Single is going to happen inshallah okay that is something that should make you so so happy a miracle happened today some wali of allah made dua and we have been protected in mecca from the plans of the people who tried to do us over alhamdulillah so i'm very happy to give you that news live just like that okay all of the problems of last night seem to have been solved just like that just like that and mazita knows the game that's why mazita's our our baji minute right so, uh, the text that we're going to read today, inshallah. وَإِمَامُتُ النِّسَاءِ تَقِفُ فِي صَفِّهِنَّ وَيَلِيهِ الرِّجَالُ ثُمَّ السُّبِيَانُ ثُمَّ النِّسَاءِ كَجَنَائِزِهِمْ I don't think we're going to do more than that, to be honest. Yeah? Because these are two separate sections. Basically, uh, the, what we're going to be covering today is that the uh, female imam, the, um, the imam uh, of, the, of a group of women, female, she stands in their line, all right? And that's the end of that. We're going to cover that. Then, وَيَلِيهِ الرِّجَالُ ثُمَّ الصُّبْيَانُ ثُمَّ النِّسَاءُ Okay, 275, all right, at the bottom. Um, so then the, uh, the prayer line after the imam, after the imam, is the men, then children, and then uh, women. Now, when I say children here, Subyan meaning young boys, okay? Young boys and then women, just as it is in their janaza. Just as it in in just as it is in their janaza. All right. So that's what we're going to be covering today. At the bottom of page two hundred and seventy-five, then actually it's the top of uh, two hundred seventy-six. So. Sheikh Uthameen, I'm going to be paraphrasing all the way through this because it's very kind of straightforward stuff. Um, he says, well, when it comes to a woman, right, um, she is to stand in the midst of them. Because that is more covering, that is more becoming, that is more modest. Uh, the sitter, the word sitter means to cover, yeah? So this is satir, right? This is the curtains, yeah? Um, they cover, they close off, they, you know, they hide. And uh, when we say, yeah, sitir to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani, we're calling upon his, uh, his attribute or, or his um, action of covering and hiding our faults, right? And so, um, I want, when, you, when you hear the word yani, uh, sitir, I want you to think of the I want, I want conceptually. I want you to think of hiding, closing, covering, you know, bringing yani under control, uh, blocking off, and that's where the sutra comes from, as well. Yani, uh, it, not the exact same uh, spelling, but wrote words in Arabic language, words which are similar. They take a similar kind of uh, 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 kind of um, uh, meaning. They have roots that 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 are similar, and so. Likewise, 
sutra closes your area, specifies your area, guards your area, and that's what sitra, that's what sitr is. Um, Sheikh Uthameen says, That when it comes to a woman, she's generally, يعني, um, I've said this so many times, right? That the male is the. Uh, is my sound good, guys? Do you want me to lift this up? Because this seems very, very low. I know that the. the I'll put it up there. Maybe this is better. Uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Um, uh, the now you can tell me whether it's too loud or whether it is um, uh, whether it's better or whether it's not. You, you, you'll know. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how good this thing is. I mean, I know that not using the phone mic means that you don't get to uh, hear all the rest of the stuff outside, and this is a bit more specific, right? I know that much, but I don't know how good the yeah. No real difference. This is what I thought. Um, so. Uh, uh, Sheikh says that the woman is more re- re- required yani, to be to be uh, uh, mastur. You know, you, uh, uh, Malaysians, right? They, um, I mean, actually, I've seen a few of all ethnicities, but mostly Malaysians, they love using the name mastura, right? Um, I don't know, Mazita, if you're seeing that in Singapore as well, or in the kind of East, East, um, share with me, guys. Bengalis, Pak's. When is the last time that you met a Mastura? Right. I mean, Mesra is the only actual Malaysian here, but um, uh, uh, I would put it. I would go out and say that I don't know any other culture that has more Masturas than the Malaysians. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a claim. I don't know. I don't have much game in the African kind of continent. But I don't think it's very big there. And I'm pretty sure that Pak's don't have it very big. And I don't think that Indians or Bengalis, Gujis, they don't have it either. Yeah. But but Malays have bucket loads of masturas. Bucket loads. And mastura means that which is um, uh, covered, hidden, right? Uh, modest. And honestly, honestly, you know, we say that uh, the Prophet, of course, um, told us to name your children with good names. Names have an impact upon people. They really, really do. At some point, at some level, they will have an impact. Some people live up to their names. So sometimes people get a psychological boost. They know the meaning of their name, right? Right? And then they're proud of it and they want to live up to it. Or a prophet's name, for example. Or they might feel embarrassed as a Muhammad, for example, doing silly things. And someone turns around and says, you know, do you realize you're called Muhammad? Now, obviously, there's, you know, that, that, that in itself shouldn't be stopping sin or, or yeah. but a person can feel a bit of shame, right? So whatever it takes is the point I'm making. And sometimes we'll use, you know, a person saying, you know, I know your dad, for example, your father prays in the masjid, whatever it is, you know, when you're doing embarrassing name shaming, shaming someone, then it, you use anything. So names do have an impact at that level. Also, I want to say that it seems like Yahya, for example, our scholars used to always, um, our teachers used to tell us that, that uh, Yahya is the one who invigorates, right? Uh, different ahkam, brings the things uh, uh, forth. In, uh, uh, we just finished the fitna, right? The tafsir surah al-Imran. And uh, uh, Zakaria, Zah, Zah with Zay. Zakaria, 
in its original, it's not an Arabic name, all right? Many of the names of the prophets, of course, well, most of them actually, um, are not Arabs, right? And therefore, they all have their own names, which have then been either Arabicized or they have an Arabic version of their original name in Aramaic or Hebrew or X or Y or Z. And um, I'm not a master in any of the languages. I can't even speak English properly, let alone Arabic and let alone all the rest of the languages. But the, um, they said that in the original Hebrew, the original Aramaic, original Hebrew, I don't even remember what, that, uh, uh, that Zakaria was named because of Kathratul Dhikr. Now, Dhikr is over there. And as I said at the beginning, actually, that um, there are sometimes words that, that are, are not the same root in Arabic, right? Like a ta instead of a ta, or a ta instead of a ta, or a seen instead of a sad, and a sad instead of a seen. Now, which make the two words obviously different. But they are still close and they are related in the Arabic language. All right, and that's one of the reasons why, uh, when, when you study Tajweed or study Ahkam and study Arabic, you'll, you'll see that in recitation, your, uh, it is often narrated both ways. And that's why, if you look at the Quran, you, you guys seen that? Where you got a little sad on top of a scene or a little scene the other way around, indicating that you can pronounce this yani with a scene or a sad. Anybody seen that? Anybody noticed that? Uh, this is to do, of course, with the ahkam of qira'ah uh, and riwayah. It's a big, deep science, right? But, and that's just people making it easy in the mushaf, but there's a huge knowledge behind that. But behind all that huge knowledge is the basic principle and the concept that there are certain letters and words that, that don't actually change them. So we spoke a little bit about this when we spoke about waladhalin, right? And the fact that... Um, we're not going to make a person repeat the prayer if he says Wala zalin, Wala zalin, Wala, yani, and, and letters and sounds which are not clearly not adha but are not a million miles away from it either. Adha and adha are not that different. All right? But they are two completely separate pronounced letters. So um, why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Ah, uh, 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 Zakaria. Uh, was kathratul dhikr and they are not so uh, differentiating between that language was not so differentiating between za and the right and when you look at the quran zakaria regardless of the name when he's introduced to us as the player that he is in ali imran he is the senior prophet who takes on uh, maryam that's his primary role he's not introduced to us in any other way uh, other than him wanting a child and that's it. It's only later that the narrative, uh, uh, well done, Musaytirun, very good. Musaytirun or Musaytirun, Ahsent Uthman, well done. Uh, this is an example in the Quran uh, of Saad and Sin being interchangeable. Um, if Isa was, uh, he is not well, uh, his specialist, uh, yani what he's really got a shawq and a hamas in is in Qiraat and Riwayat. And of course, he studies the Shatabiyya and teaches it, which is. Uh, just a text not, on nothing but riwayat and, 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 and so on. And in the book fair this time, we were able to get quite a few good texts that were, and there's always, yani, this is a, an area in which uh, riwayat and uh, different narrations and different recitations, two different things, of course, of the, of the Quran. Um, uh, obviously, in our modern time, being made famous by Sheikh Abdul Rashid bin Sheikh Ali Sufi, right? Um, 
Which reminds me, by the way, which reminds me, by the way, because uh, I saw Isa was showing me that uh, Sheikh Abdul Rashid is in Saudi now with Sayyid al-Kamali. Sayyid al-Kamali, if you don't know who he is, is a great scholar, Maliki scholar, reviving a lot of good things in, the, in Maghrib, in Morocco, and, uh, you know, uh, a wonderful advert for good Salafi aqidah, good, solid, straightforward Islam, and no fluffing around, no bid'ah in the aqidah, and good quality Maliki fiqh, and being very proud about that. Uh, a wonderful uh, addition to the scholarly class, actually. Uh, he's not that old, and he's come really burst onto the scene in the last five, ten years. Lots of videos and stuff with him, Sheikh Saeed al Kamali. He's coming to England, all right? Now, the shame of it is that I was told by his, uh, by his organizers, they contacted me today and they said, listen, uh, choose where he should go, uh, where he should give uh, an evening uh, in Manchester, and uh, if you can host him. And that's the evening that I'm with, uh, with the Suraya and a few other folks doing a, a different act of worship altogether. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be there in Manchester. Um, I'm probably going to choose either, for those folks who are up north, I'm probably going to choose Masjid Sunnah, uh, Masjid Sunnah, or I might choose Disbury Mosque. Uh, uh, if I chose Disbury Mosque, it would only be because it's bigger, right? Um, waste, he's wasted in Shiru completely be wasted anywhere else, wasted in Furqan, wasted in Makki. Uh, he'd be uh, uh, in Disbury. Yeah, you know, Arabs would take some benefit from him. And there's a lot of Libyans there, a lot of North Africans, which he can kind of connect to. But I think Masjid Sunnah in Cheatham Hill has a much larger percentage of um, of uh, thingy. Rehan will write it down for you. Uh, uh, I'm sure Rehan knows who he is. Uh, Saeed Al-Kamali, his name is, okay? Um, and the poster... It's being organized by Iman Channel. If you actually go to the Iman Channel's website, you will see uh, his name there. Okay, Masjid Sunnah in in Cheetham Hill, correct, Fatima. So I, that's got the larger number of Tunisians and X and Y and uh, uh, thing. He's a wonderful scholar, by, by the way, and it will be a great evening. Anyway, I won't be there, but uh, just make sure you turn out. Why did I mention him? I mentioned him because. Um, uh, guys, sorry, I've gone into one of those tangents where I've got no idea where I, what, what I'm talking about. Names, recitations, riwayat, qiraat. Uh, what's that got to do with Sayyid al-Kamali? Why did I mention Sayyid al-Kamali? How, how do I get back to where I was? Oh, it's horrible getting old, man. Horrible getting old. Horrible getting old... Yeah. Ah, yes, thank you. Thank you. Use of speciality. This is exactly what it is. Yeah, I just need to finish this point off. The horrible getting old and horrible becoming more like your wife. All right. I've been looking at my wife for the last X amount of years. You know, there's a couple of things I've noticed. Right. Yeah, Isa showed me the video. Yep. <laughs> you know, Marina's a legend. Marina, I tell you right now, if you saw the kind of food I'm eating, I don't eat, eat fast food, just street food. And you would have a heart attack at that kind of stuff, bro. Because I'm a man of the people, bro. I'm a man of the people. I'm not going to lie. I can't be any trying to show up and eating all the expensive stuff because uh, whatever. Um, uh, 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 you know. Um, uh, what was I was going to say? That um, I'm becoming more, more, more like my wife. I noticed two things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, the first the first thing, okay? The first thing um, is that this is not to do with age. Just so that may not make it clear, this is to do with because I forgot the tangent because of the tangent exactly that. This is how much in the matrix we've become inception matrix. God knows what. So I noticed, like for ages, that my that my then I found out that this is a woman thing or a mum thing, right? That they only get time to look at their phone in bed before they go to sleep, right? And then I realized that that's a thing that like mums with kids, okay? Uh, I think that you women's will confirm that with me. The second thing is that women love taking showers at bedtime, right? That's just not a male thing. I'm sorry. There's no way that males are going to put that up on me. And I think women are, and they use really, really hot water, right? Like burn themselves. And uh, bro, I've become my flipping wife, man. I don't get to look at my phone. I can't find a time or the will actually. So before I go to bed or just when I'm about to go to sleep, I have a quick check of messages. If there's anything important, get back or whatever. Then it's just be like, you know, and showering like late night horrible to be honest such a waste of time but there's a muzzle to it to be honest get burnt and and uh, thingy so yeah right let's get back but just but men please confirm and women please confirm that that's now a woman mom's thing and that men don't be doing that okay so that i don't feel like i'm a complete outlier the the uh uh the tangent was that isa was showing me on his phone sheikh abdul rashid sheikh ali sufi reciting with Sheikh Saeed al-Kamali, all right? And they are both in Saudi at the moment. It's, a, it's very nice that Sheikh uh, is back now, Sheikh Abdul Rashid, you know, because of the Qatari whole nonsense. So he's now back in Saudi, they're all inviting him. Everybody obviously, obviously uh, loves him, right? And rightly so. And so uh, Sheikh Saeed is there and he's big now, he's massive wherever he goes. And rightly so, wonderful guy. And so he's going to come to Manchester. So if you can just go, just to be part of the baraka of being with some proper scholars, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, that was the uh, tangent. So um, names are, uh, uh, and so we got to there because of Qiraat and Sheikh Abdul Rashid Ali Sufi, I want to mention, has made the Qiraat Siyan is so, so famous now, right? Hmm. I think it's cut off a little bit. Are you back with me, guys? No, actually, I think my what? See, subhanAllah, I made the right decision. I made the absolute right decision to use my phone uh, data because the Wi-Fi is gone, right? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 because my uh, Wi-Fi video thingy uh, has cut out but, and it's come back again, but uh, the phone one is still holding on. Anyway. Jazakumullah khair for giving me that heads up that I'm still here. So, uh, because of Sheikh Abdul Rashid reciting uh, obviously different qara'at, different riwayat, it's led a huge yani, excitement in the UK. We've got a wonderful, uh, a wonderful uh, scholar, Jamal Abdul Nasser, who's his student, who's going to become just awesome, even, even bigger than what he already is. And uh, like everyone's now excited about the riwayat and qara'at. Maybe sometimes too excited, and sometimes you just need to just focus on your house and that's it. Isa is one of those folks uh, who loves that and plays around with that and, uh, you know, studies them and has ijazat actually. And uh, I, I think he's got ijazat in Qalun, I think in Warsh. Um, 
my wife is also uh, authorized in Qalun and in Warsh as well. Um, I have mixed feelings towards that. I love the revival of the Qiraat. I always wanted that to happen. But I don't love that you don't make full, full itqan of Hafs first. That you completely smash your original uh, Qiraat, your original recitation, like to a crazy level. But then I'm a perfectionist like that. I, you know, it's a good thing that these things are not. Thank you. That's the link. Well done, Nazara. That's the exact link. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I myself, I'm glad that I don't get involved in these things. You know, sometimes I know when to just shut up and just let people do their thing. Isa, I've always let him do that because if it was left down to me, he would never get onto any of the other qiraat until, until his perfection in Hafs was so insanely ridiculous that his whole life would have gone by 50 years. I'll never be satisfied truthfully, you know. So it's good that you just step aside and just close your eyes and ears and ignore your own standards and just allow people just to just breathe and do their own thing. Um, so I like that actually. Um, so these Qiraat and Riwayat are now making us more aware of words being uh, uh, similar um, or letters being uh, similar. I think it's important for us to be aware of that, okay? Um, especially as students of knowledge. So Sitr then... Uh, um, uh, what I've always been say, said is that a man is a very front. Uh, all right, uh, let me start again um, uh, because it cut up a bit apparently. So uh, what I've always said is that men are out there. We saw it. We, we spoke about. Oh, by the way, Ahli, um, I think are playing Real Madrid. Is it Club World Championships? Zafar will know. So it's going absolute mental in the background, okay, if you can hear it. Um, the uh, men are not just hunter-gatherers, but the key about the hunter-gatherers that I want to focus on is the fact that they, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has released them of so many uh, restrictions to do with covering. Clothing, aura, actions, the way they speak, X, Y, Z, and done the opposite for women all right and so it hasn't removed from them their permission to work but it's obligated upon them the care of the home and that home is different of course than the care of the house so you know cleaning cooking and things like that has always been seen as a, a woman thing and it's pretty much yani, what, what what every man should expect when they're outside and a woman's at home but it's not an obligation right care of the home is different to care of the house. A housekeeper can look after a house but can't look after a home, right? Home is to do with people and honor and rules and guests and children and tarbiyah and ta'aleem and so on and so forth. So, um, and that fits the restrictions that she has. What a mission it is for her to get covered and this and that. Someone was asking me recently about is it possible for a woman to wear jilbab with like underwear um, or like uh, three quarters and you know shorts and things like that because it's so hot uh, and the like and I said that um, um, absolutely permissible right there's nothing which um, uh, uh, prohibits that right from from a conceptual point of view when it comes to hijab and aura and the like what prohibits that um, is circumstantial not ideological or, or 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 technical i don't know how to explain this right so that like for example 
if guests came to the house and a lady was presenting, was, you know, uh, part of the gathering or whatever, she should be wearing a jilbab, which is uh, uh, overclothes, right? A jilbab is your abaya. A jilbab is your very large jadar baggy. Uh, a jilbab is very baggy clothes. Otherwise, if you're not going to, and uh, even though many scholars don't accept that, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But there's no doubt that it's safer to have an abaya X, Y, Z. You, yani, without being crude, could have next to nothing on underneath. Nothing's going to happen because a house is a closed environment and there's no movement, no one's running anywhere, there's no wind, there's no nothing, and so it doesn't matter. So that proves that the rule itself is not linked to what you wear underneath it. Whereas if you're going outside, only a madman yani, would think that when you're going outside because of where you're walking, moving, legs and this and that, and air and wind and gusts and all the rest of it, it would be catastrophic yani, for a woman to be dressed like that. I can't say it's haram because um, technically she could stand still and you know what I mean, right? But how is that ever going to happen? And so scholars will have to say that's not permissible because of al-mutawakka, yani, of what is very likely to happen. The preponderant yani, reality is... And so what I'm trying to say is that um, women are very restricted in, an ev in everything that they say and do and whatever. And that is uh, mostly because men have been programmed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to become sexually enticed and... Um, all the kind of synonyms that are around that turned on and all these kind of phrases, etc. and become sexually aroused and whatever by everything and anything that a woman does. All right? Everything and anything that a woman does. Only until, you know, suddenly at a certain age it just uh, 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 goes, at a certain uh, age, I guess, it goes and uh, on both sides, but for the longest time. And... Uh, uh, women take advantage of that So there are pros to that And there are cons to that And they just have to manage those in the right way And uh, its, it's, it's application in fiqh is all over the place Only the most yani, blind, yani, most ignorant person would deny it And part of that, what we're covering right now is the prayer line um, And Sheikh Ibn says And it's obvious that if she is standing in amongst the ladies That is uh, 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 more more uh, covering for her More modest, more hidden for her Than if she's standing in front of them And the evidence also to support this Is what is narrated from Aisha radiallahu anha And this has been narrated by Abdul Razak al-San'ani In the, his uh, Musannaf uh, Hadith number um, uh, 5086 And it's also been narrated in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shaiba You see now we're not talking about the books of hadith, okay? We're not talking about, um, uh, what's it called? Um, like the Musnads or the whatever. Now we're starting to talk about those books that cover the Musannafat. We've spoken about those before, which are the most rich books, man. They've got the, the, all of the narrations. Obviously, the problem is, is authenticity. Some of them are, so many of them are weak. But otherwise, they've got all of the statements of the Sahaba and some of the Tabi'een as well. They're great, okay? And so... Uh, we see uh, the 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 riwayah uh, in the Musannaf uh, and in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shaybah as well, volume 2, uh, number 89, and also narrated from Umm Salama, radiallahu ta'ala anha, two wives of the Prophet, um, Sal um, Salama's narration is narrated 
5082, right, in the Musannaf of Abdul Razak al-Sanani. And in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, it is volume 2, uh, number 88, uh, page 88. What is narrated from them? Annahuma idha ammata an-nisa waqafata fi safihinna. That when they used to lead a congregation, uh, each of them individually, when they're leading women, they used to stand in the middle of the soft, not in front. So there's an evidence uh, as well. So not only does it make sense, but it's evidence because of them. And these are actions of female companions. And you should know that the scholars differ over the uh, actions of the companions and their statements what's their what's the what's the relevance what's the legal value the legal state of a statement and an action um, of a companion is it an evidence is it a legal evidence this is a good point for all of you to do a reminder this isn't even the backdrop that i was going to speak about with that i didn't want to show you that because that will put nazar this is just our basic one there i i bought a darasina or a darasina which is and i might even show you actually bro it was so cheap right remind me at the end when i can turn the camera and you see bismillah mashallah just amazing plants available in thingy this is called the stoker or your stoker blah de blah blah de blah it's a vine that they that they fold upon themselves amazing i've become you know like i said i become old now it's all about gardening and plants and trees that's the only thing i care about now when you get old this is life now so look at this statement yeah um the question that sheikh uthameen asks yeah because the scholars are differing over it what they don't differ over is if a narration or an action of a companion has the ruling of it being of a rafa, marfu'a, meaning that it is raised to the Prophet, even without mentioning him. What does that mean? It means that if, like Aisha says, that in the akhirah, this will happen. Or if Abu Huraira says that, you know, that in the grave you'll be asked two questions. Okay? Um, this is not possible for them to know. These are matters of the ghayb. So if the, the senad, the chain of narrators is authentic, the statement will also be considered to be not just authentic. It will not be considered to be a statement of Abu Huraira. It will be considered to technically be an actual hadith without it being a hadith. It will have the ruling, the hukam of a rafa being raised. Raised to who? To the Prophet they, Basically, it's impossible for a companion to make this knowledge up. He must have been told by the Prophet ﷺ. He just forgot to say, the Prophet ﷺ told me that there are two questions in the grave, or there are three questions in the grave, or the X, or this about the Akhirah, and so on and so forth. So what Shaykh Uthameen is saying, that put to the side, put to the side the issue of the hukum of our rafa because all actions and statements of the companions, if we can ascertain that they have a ruling that actually means that it's a pseudo-statement of the Prophet ﷺ, then that's an evidence most people are going to accept that. Let's assume that there is no ruling, that it's a statement like this, that um, I stand in the middle of the line when I'm leading the other women in the prayers. This is not necessarily something that needs to be considered to have a ruling of being raised to the Prophet ﷺ. And so, Sheikh Uthameen is asking, are these statements and actions an evidence in of themselves? Are they a hujjah? 
are the evidences in of themselves. Sheikh Uthameen says that the correct opinion, that the correct position is that the actions and the statements of the companions are an evidence and should be admissible in legal uh, discussions as long as it is not contradicted or differed by a existing uh, definitive text, a clear text. Okay, so if the text, if there's not a text that goes against it, then why wouldn't we use it? It's it's knowledge in a field where there's nothing. We don't have a statement on the Quran. We don't have an ayah. We don't have a hadith from the Prophet We don't have a consensus amongst the companions. So then a companion stands up and says something. Or why on earth would we be rejecting it? Right? Well, we've got nothing going against it. This is the basically the position of the of many of the scholars actually, and certainly the class position. Certainly, Sheikh Uthameen is making it a point. So listen to how he puts the caveats. He goes, "It is a hujjah as long as a that it doesn't go against a nos, okay? Because a nos, which is a definitive, clear text, uh, usually a ayah or a hadith, then Sheikh says, if there is a nos, then that is the hujjah." If there's a nos that exists, a definitive text, then that ayah or that hadith is the hujjah, which is correct. So of course, yeah, we're going to go with that. Or another companion doesn't contradict that companion. So we have a companion who says something or does an action, and we're going to go with that. It's a hujjah. Unless another one does something different in the same issue, says something different. Huh. Here, what do we do? We look at the two, we compare their reasoning and their evidences and, you know, uh, what we can assess yani, for the strength of their positions, okay? And we will make tuliba al-murajjih. We will basically try to find the stronger opinion of them. How do we do that? We do that uh, via a number of tools. Sheikh Uthameen gives an example. So the scholars of the Sahaba are not like the non-scholars of the Sahaba. They are just some basic Sahaba, by the way, who are just awesome, okay? Who are just awesome. Whereas others who are, uh, you know, uh, I mean, when I say awesome, I mean just really simple, straightforward, just pure deen, you know, why am I, <laughs> what, what am I doing, wasting my time eating this date, if there's uh, a Jannah there, and go straight in and struck down immediately. We're talking about a person who's not only not a scholar, he's not even someone who prayed yani, his five prayers, and he's from the great companions. You understand what I'm trying to say? The companions are different, yeah? They're all different levels. You've got people like Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, who's a leader, born leader. You've got people like Mu'adh, who's a scholar. A scholar, right? The most knowledgeable of the, of the halal and haram, as the Prophet Sallallahu said. You've got Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, for example. You've got Ibn Abbas, who's a scholar. You've got Abdullah ibn Umar, who uh, Umar ibn Khattab used to consider very uh, highly, even though he's his son. Abdullah ibn Abbas used to be considered very highly. The companions used to go to him. So, Sheikh Uthameen is saying that you look who's the faqih, and by the way, there's a difference between a scholar, Mujahid, Khalid ibn Walid, for example, who's not going to be asked about knowledge. He's going to be asked about military strategy. You've got scholars in certain areas as well. So, Sheikh Uthameen specifically mentions the word faqih, someone who is a fiqh, a jurist specialist amongst the companions. There, for example, there's a big discussion amongst the Sahaba who was good at writing, for example, who was good at maths, for example, who was specialist in inheritance. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq used to look for the people who were specialists in Inheritance, because it requires knowledge, requires understanding, requires maths, requires fractions, requires uh, 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 an understanding of historical precedents and the like. Yeah. Uh, for as the Sheikh says, for 
قوله أقرب إلى كونه حجة من غير الفقي. He goes, if we find amongst the companions someone who's a faqi, then we're going to be giving that a lot more credence than someone who isn't. Uh, in this, I'll add, Sheikh doesn't mention this, I'll add age, okay? I'll also add um, uh, experience, all right? There are companions that travel, and there are, like Aisha, we're going to give her uh, a lot of credence, uh, credence to statements that are in the house, to those that are not in the house. We're going to give Anas a lot of credence and give his, his opinion the stronger kind of thing versus others because we know he never left his side. He saw all the other parts and aspects as well. We're going to give Ibn Abbas a lot of power because he's just such a powerful scholar. Yeah. So um, our position is, is that the statement of a companion is an evidence, but it's got to earn it. It's got to be the strongest one in itself. And yes, um, uh, uh, that doesn't mean... Um, uh, Amalia, that this is uh, agreed upon, right? Um, uh, the other madahib, yani some of the Malikiya along with the Hanafi school, they will uh, not just refute the evidence. It's not a case of, or refuse, I should say, the evidence, and they say, no, this isn't evidence uh, 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 for us, which, by the way, they have the right to because ultimately, ultimately, what do the scholars agree upon? Yeah, when it comes to the, the, the hierarchy of evidences. They agree upon the Quran being first, yeah. Then they agree upon then the hadith of the Prophet being second, yeah. And then they agree upon ijma'a, the consensus of the companions to be next. There's a reason why everyone agrees on these three, because actually when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense to not agree. But then absolutely it's acceptable to then differ at the next stage. It's absolutely uh, uh, acceptable because when you look at all the different scholars and the schools of fiqh, four schools, and then the other 20, 30 schools that were from the lesser fuqaha, okay, or different fuqaha, we can say, then you'll find what? You'll find that some of them said that the fourth thing that we should go to is weak hadith. And some said, no, you go to qiyas, analogy. Right? You make analogy. You don't have a direct text, but you try to make analogous kind of comparisons. You have others that said, no, what you got to do is, um, what you got to do is uh, uh, go by the action of the people of this city, of Medina, because they saw, lived, whatever, whatnot. And there are others that will say, no, a companion who is a faqih, who makes a statement. Yeah. So there's a very valid argument to say that we're not accepting the statement of a companion in this issue. And there are other hadith, by the way, that would suggest that there is some uh, point to this, that there are many of the female Sahabiyat that didn't uh, pray in a jama'ah. Many. And they would say that just these two narrations, which aren't the strongest, and they're not. Okay? They're not the two strongest, by the way, which is one of the reasons why they're only collected by in the Musannaf. In the Musannaf. Um, uh, and not yani, in the more stronger chained appearances otherwhere. Uh, 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 in other places, so it's not. Uh, it's uh, it is a valid thing to dis disagree on. We'll just say that the evidence seems to suggest our position is stronger. Allah knows best. Um, uh, Sheikh says that the author has also benefited us by saying that women can lead others, and that he considers this to be acceptable. Okay, uh, this is you know to carry on with your point, uh, Amal. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, imamatun nisa. Uh, and he's basically saying that this would indicate that the Hanbalis and, the, and this, is, this is correct they accept the validity 
of a jama'ah congregation to be called as such, even if it's only women, meaning you don't need to have uh, men uh, uh, there to make it like that. The fact that there's a woman that prays amongst them in when she's leading them indicates that the congregation itself is a legislated act. Okay? And obviously, if it wasn't يعني, uh, legislated, then the whole thing would be uh, uh, legislated. Um, and Sheikh says that we mentioned in the whole book of congregation that this is a matter which has been uh, differed over. Some of the scholars said that it is recommended, it's the sunnah for the women to pray in congregation. Others said that it is permissible only for them to do that. And some of them even said it is disliked. Some of them said it is disliked. Okay? Um, and I can't remember where we mentioned that before, but we did. All right? Anyway, Sheikh then says so the imam of the women must stand in the uh, middle of the uh, row. What about if there's two of them? He didn't mention it, but the ruling is it's the same as men. So man stays there, and then the, the other guy on the right. If there's two women, woman stays there, and the other woman is on the uh, 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 right. Okay? That's how it should be. Shouldn't, she shouldn't stand behind. She shouldn't stand to the left, just like for the male, like we explained last week. Sheikh says that we also mentioned in the chapter of, uh, of Aura, we did many years ago, about the concept of a male sometimes having to take this, and we, I mentioned this last week as well, that when there is a like a shipwreck or an accident or there's poverty or whatever, and you've seen what's happened in Turkey right now, these are not just theoretical kind of you know wishy-washy statements. Uh, 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 people go through major complex any moments, right? Um, uh, and. Uh, circumstances and things like that as bad as they can be it does not mean that the obligations are dropped and sometimes a person won't even have clothes and they have to actually uh, pray um, uh, naked right and so if the Imam is naked then then he also prays in the middle of the line and sitting down we covered this in detail in order to not be exposed يعني, so far at the front kind of thing yeah so uh, Sheikh is just making that point uh, right I know that you lost me there for a second okay so I just repeat what I just said um, uh, so Sheikh is making that point that the Imam also stands in the Right, I know that it went again, and it is possible that my data is finished, by the way. It is possible. Um, I didn't say anything, just so you know, but I did notice that the phone went. Is it back again? All right. Yeah, I think the data might have gone. I did get a lot, actually, but I was not hoping, uh, I, was, I was hoping that I would not have to use this because of paying so much yani, for the flipping Wi-Fi. Anyway, man. Anyway, uh, so I was just saying that the male uh, who's, who's in uh, that situation would pray. There's two exceptions to this, by the way. The two exceptions to the male is uh, praying like the woman the imam does in the middle of the line is A, if he's leading a congregation of blind people. I know that sounds crazy, but it could be, right? Then he stands at the front. Um, 
And the second one is if it's complete darkness, which shows that it's permissible to pray in the complete dark, right? A lot of people say that it's makru, um, and there's some evidence for that. There would be, not evidence, there would be, so, there'd be some sense behind that statement. But anyway, the point is, is that it's allowed, okay? It is um, allowed. If it's complete darkness, then, then no one's going to see his uh, nakedness and therefore whatever. He also said something which is interesting. Um, uh, 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 he says that uh, it's important also to differentiate between the ruling here. A woman stands in the middle of the prayer line istihbaban, out of recommendation, whereas a man who is naked has to stand in it wujuban, yani obligated upon him because that is uh, um, the only way to minimize the haram thing, which is people to look at his aura, etc. Right. Now, we're, now we reset. وَيَلِيهِ الرِّجَالُ ثُمَّ الصُّبْيَانُ ثُمَّ النِّسَاءَ كَجَنَائِزِهِمْ Now we're, we're reset, now we're speaking about the Imam again. وَيَلِيهِ يعني the Imam, he behind him following the Imam are men and then boys and then women. So this is now talking about a masjid and we're talking about lines, okay? So if we do have these uh, groups of people in one go, we've got men and we've got women, kids and men, this is how they uh, line up. So the first line is going to be men or lines will be, first grouping will be men, balig, okay, so they are post-pubescent, okay, and um, so if they're all going to get in the line, men will go first, then there will be the kids, then there will be the women, and what are the evidences for this? The Prophet ﷺ let those who are of, uh, of knowledge and authority be close to me, all right. Uh, let the powerful people and those of authority, the movers and shakers, the ones that understand the game, the ones who have got Quran unlocked, those who have got politics unlocked, those who know what to do in an emergency situation. Those, you know, these people, the big people, should be behind, and that's what you expect when you see a jama'ah, You see the big kind of people because they are the ones who correct the imam, help the imam, manage the situation. You know, the big people should be. Uh, the, this hadith, of course, is Sahih. We covered it before. Sheikh Uthameen says that yani, let them be close to me. Let them be close to me is an obligation. It's an it's a command which at the uh, should be indicate obligation. At the very least, it should it should indicate recommendation, right? It should at the uh, no kids can't be that that, that by definition, uh, kids are not ever people of anuha or ahlam by definition, right? Uh, this is referring clearly to the top powerful people, grown-ups. All right, um, and that's why Sheikh Uthameen says, "Well, So this is, يعني, you know, indicating that the men should go uh, first, and because men are more accurate, يعني, if something happens to the uh, Imam, for example, a mistake or he makes an, uh, a mistake in a uh, uh, an ayah and he needs someone to come in in case of emergency and he needs to yani, for the salah then after that then there should be the children because the children are, are boys okay because they are boys that's why they come in front of the women otherwise they'd go right to the back if they're babies so we're talking about young boys all right so then they they come next um, and that's because men have been favored to be in front of women and after that, then it's the women, because the Prophet ﷺ said, and we covered this many times, that the best lines of the women are the back lines, okay? And that yani, means that the women should be pushed back. As for uh, hadith, 
أخروهن من حيث أخرهن الله There's a hadith that is sometimes quoted by people who get a bit carried away. They said, push them back like Allah has pushed them back. Okay? Which has a negative meaning. So try to make it out that Allah has made women yani, second-class citizens. This hadith is daif. So this is not the reason why we put women back. The reason we put it back is because the Prophet ﷺ said that the best lines are the back lines. All right? And the, for, the hadith, for men, best lines are the front lines. Is That's the reason that we uh, 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 say that. Anyway, um, so the women go back. All right, this is the order that we said. And how did we come to this? We came to it bil athar wa nadar, right? We came to it based upon the riwayats that we have, the evidences, but we also came to it yani, by thinking about it logically as well. Unless there is something which yani, should prevent that, something which goes against that. For example, for example, he goes that. And this is a nice discussion here. He goes that this all look great and makes sense until real life hits you. When you realize that having the kids together, yeah, the little rats in one line is a catastrophe. And that is something which is a mani'. This is a prohibitor, a barrier. Because the whole point of the jama'ah is to protect the prayer. And Sheikh Uthameen now goes into a long discussion, which I'll summarize. And he says that... Um, uh, 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 that there's a qaida fiqhiyya that what needs to be given precedence to is the act of worship itself not the not uh, aspects of the act of worship so for example when we put boys back we're putting boys back because it is better islamically for in position wise position wise when it comes to uh, 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 position wise uh, 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 for them to be behind the men That's Islamically for the act of worship But if doing that Focusing on position of the act of worship Affects the act of worship Negatively How can we then focus on makan On the positioning Rather than the act itself Wonderful point Wonderful principle as well That we've got to protect the act of worship as a priority Not the position of the act of worship so he goes, if them all being together, laughing, kicking, joking, all the, what kids do, then ruins the prayer of those people and their own prayer, then we will then say, no, no, we're going to break this rule now of having kids behind. Then what we're going to do, we say, then the book's open. We'll do whatever we want. We will do, for example, and he mentions a couple of options. The first one, he goes that we will put yani, uh, men or kid, man, kid, man, kid in the front rows and all the other rows, man, kid, man, kid, always putting a man, a kid in between so that under man is... They get a good slap yani, if they try anything. Um, or, for example, we put a number of men behind to mix up with that line, leave the front line just as men, but then we make sure we mix it up with a few people so the kids don't get carried um, uh, away. Okay? The kids don't get carried away. Right? Uh, this actually achieves something, a, uh, a key principle. Um, uh, Sheikh then says, this is what, what we're talking about when it comes to men, kids, and women. This is, what, this is principle. This is the default position. Okay? Okay? As I taught in Protect This House, then they are biha. What's this point now? Sheikh says that this is the default position. However, there's going to be scenarios that, that differ to this. For example, for example, 
this is no doubt that the front line is, a li is, the, is the best place a person can be. Okay? And if there's a young kind of boy or a child yeah, who's made the effort, come early and excited and gone to the front, and he gets there, he's now in the best position. And you've now got this guy who's in a better position, right? Who's now going to be pushed back, right? And pushing this person back from that position that he's earned by getting there early. Is that right? Sheikh said, some of the scholars, certainly not the majority, but some of the scholars said that, you know what, he stays there, he's deserving of it. One of them, Sheikh Uthameen says, is Majd, okay? Uh, Majd uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. Uh, or Majtamiya, I should say, which is the grandfather of Ibn Taymiyyah. Of course, he's a very famous uh, Hanbali scholar, a big imam, one of the key influences on Ibn Taymiyyah, but also a major player in the, in the Hanbali uh, school um, uh, as well. Majduddin Abdul Salam, okay? And that's his full name, Majduddin Abdul Salam. And uh, that no way yani, can he lose his place or should he lose his place. Um, because of, because of so many evidences. For example, the Prophet um, said that whoever gets to something before another Muslim gets to it, he is, uh, then, then that's his. That's his. And whoever gets there first, then that's the that's, that's job done. This hadith narrated by Abu Dawood. Okay. Uh, hadith number 3071. By the way, this hadith isn't the most authentic of hadith, but its meaning is correct. Okay. This is a general statement which basically, uh, this hadith was not narrated, narrated concerning prayer line, by the way, just want you to know. This is referring to land and exploring. This, this hadith is used in the chapter of Mu'amalat. You know when people go out to the, like, like with the space race right now, right? This has obviously a big thick uh, uh, point. Um, the reason why, uh, you know, Gates and Musk and uh, whatever, and Branson and all these boys are spending all their money, Big Bezos, yeah, is because that is the big frontier that's going to clearly uh, become so important, especially when it comes to looking for precious uh, uh, metal to power all of these silicon devices and all that kind of batteries and stuff, which is the future. So we're going to be based on batteries, right? So you've got to find these kind of things. So they're going out there, spending huge money and making, putting Deca basically on different areas of space and planets and God knows what. So... Um, and this principle applies in fiqh, the one who gets there first, right? Then they're the ones who are uh, the one who invests in a place, revives a place, develops a place. Then they're the ones to it. It's not owned by anybody else, so it's yours. So um, that's where the hadith is focused. Sheikh Uthameen makes the point here, but these are general statements which apply in life. It could be talking about a place. And we have some specifics as well. The famous hadith uh, is, for example... Uh, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said That a man must not yani, uh, get, make another man stand up يقيم, yani, Make another person get up yani, from his place and then take his place Right? So he says that, that this is mine And you know the guy is there already And there's no such thing as mine We have the hadith of the Prophet criticizing people But only praying one place like a camel sits always in one set place uh, This idea of you know uh, 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 I was here first doesn't apply. No, it's not. It's wrong. It's the opposite. So whoever's there first, they get to say, "You're late. You're late." That's it. Okay, uh, because this is transgression. This is unfair. This is the only thing. You know, not acceptable. Um, Sheikh says, "What if someone was to say, no, the one, the, the statement of whoever gets there first is the most deserving to it.' This is a general statement. 
and actually it's contradicted by a more specific hadith because the Prophet Sallallahu said uh, let those people of Ahlul Ahlam wal Nuha be as close to me that's khas so the general statement is that whoever gets there first is first but then the specific statement is those who are the scholars should be close to me this is where it gets difficult and an interesting point what basically these people are saying is that well we get that we're accepted okay but clearly there's some exceptions to this this statement that you're talking about it's a very general statement we should yani, consider that even if there are people that get to the front row first, the Prophet ﷺ did actually say that let the, the people at the front be those that are uh, uh, top and number one people and all you know the powerful people and the knowledgeable people. And so therefore it's clear that this statement that you're saying is so you know definitively has caveats. And here's one caveat right here. And that's a good point. And it's a good point. And listen to Sheikh Al-Tameen's response. Okay? Um, he says the principle here, Al-Qa'idah huna, Right, يعني, يعني this is uh, their point. They're saying that when you have uh, a, a general statement and a specific statement, then the specific one is what specifies the general. And so we go with the specific. Sheikh says, we will say, in the, Nabi the Prophet didn't say, He didn't say, let no one be close to me except Ulul Ahlami Wanuha. He said, let Ulul Ahlami Wanuha be with me. He didn't say, let there nobody be close to me other than the scholars and top people. He said, let the top scholars and, and top people be with me. Big difference between the two. Big difference between the two. Okay? He did um, he did not say, Liukimminkum Ulul Ahlami Wanuha man kanudunahum. He did not say let the ulul ahlam wa get rid of the people who are less than them. Move away the people who are less than them. He didn't say that. What he did say is He requested, commanded those people to be close to him. Now, they are either going to listen or not. They're either going to make it or not. They're either going to be early or not. If you're late, bro, well, you didn't do it, did you? And that's it. And that's it. All right? وَهَذَا حَصٌّ لِحَاؤُلَاءِ الْكِبَارِ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَتَقَدَّمُوا لِيَلُوا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وسلم. This is an encouragement to the big people يعني, to be close. فَهَذَا هُوَ وَجْهُ الْحَدِيثِ وَلِأَنَّ فِيهِ مَفْسَدَةً فِي رَحَاؤُلَاءِ He goes that, so, I'm sorry, if they're late, they, they pray where they are. Yeah, and that's it. And he goes also, if we were to apply this idea that no, we've got to keep reserving places and we've got to yeah, move out, not reserving places, but we've got to push people out of the way and save things. He goes, what is that? What message is that sending to the kids? Like, what message is that yeah, sending to the kids? This is yeah, it's, uh, like, you know, they put all that effort in and they get so excited by it and then they're just told, get lost yeah, because you're a kid, right? He goes, that's a ten feel. This is shunning them away from the religion. Right? This is not good. This is something which I'm very, 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 very flipping passionate about, by the way, for the longest time. Right? Um, I used to have this fight with people. So I, there are two things that I'm very strict about. All right? Absolutely. The whole point is, is that if these people are the big people that they are, they are there before anybody else. That's the reason why they're the big people. You know what I mean? This idea that 
you can stick your Janamaz Musalla down there, whatever, and just turn up of the Imam. What the fish? Right? Now, am I saying that there can't be any exceptions to that? Well, yes, in the Haram and things like that. I think that that exception is fine because that's a political exception. It's not a fiqh exception, right? It's politics, it's security. You've got yani, guards that are standing around, whatever, whatnot. That's different. Yeah, so don't look at the haram and make your ruling based upon that. Think about local masjid. Think about the big people that get upset at the front. No, bro, you come early, you deserve it. Okay? I love the fact that I see the same people behind our uh, sheikh and our masjid because, wallah, they deserve it. They are there way before I am. Knock yourself out. You take all the reward. Shout out respect. All right? Yeah, the two things I'm super passionate about, like I get very angry about. Number one, people bringing kids to the masjid. I absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate it with a passion, all right? They ruin our prayers, they ruin their own prayers. And I mean kids three years old, two years old, five years old, six years old, number one. And I am incredibly passionate about people bringing their kids to the masjid. Yeah, I need the same statement again, but that they must bring their kids to the masjid from the age of seven. And what is the action of the people? The exact opposite of what I've said. They bring their flipping kids yani when they're not allowed to come and shouldn't be coming. And when they must be coming, they don't bring them at all. Ah, oh, they got school. Ah, oh, they're studying. Ah, oh, they're too early. Flipping bakwas. Full of crap these people are. Hypocrites they are. I swear to God, it makes me so angry. So angry. So, anyway. The reason that I make this point is because obviously with uh, my kids from six, seven, from seven, yeah. They were always being brought and uh, um, never would I allow them to stay at the back. Always. And when the people would look towards them to push them back, I'd give them one look and I would say, go and try. And just the look is enough and then they just put up with it. Yeah, and there's a little bit, you know, when they were seven and eight, you know, a bit of moving around, a bit of boredom, this, that, whatever. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, Sabine, I want everybody to read Sabine's comment here. Happened to my male cousin when he was seven and eight in pack, and he went to the front and he got booted out, and now he's 40 and he still remembers it. Can everybody read that? Yeah, everybody, you know, just in case you can't see comments, I'm repeating it for the camera. Because Sheikh Uthaymin says, Sheikh Uthaymin says, and I'm going to translate it literally. He goes, this is a real problem for that kid. If someone, Yani, kicks him out, okay, right? And kicks him out, and he will, he will, every time he sees that person, he will not think about him except badly. And every time that you think, if you think of a person badly, negatively actually is the right word, you start to hate him. And he goes, you know, normally kids never forget what happens to them. Exactly what Sabine just said. Kids are those folks yani, who remember those afterwards. Right? They never forget. You're talking about elephants, bro? Kids is what we should be speaking about. Right? Kids. Young kids. They never forget, bro. They are so good at remembering. That's why, you know, uh, I will often take my kids with me when I uh, need stuff done, not the phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? Because I just quote to them, I said, you remember this, remember that, because I, I've got no idea what's going on. So anyway, um, they don't forget. 
Anyway, just to finish off then, kajana uh, izihim. What does it mean, like their janazah? What does that mean, uh, like they are in the janazah? Basically, the author is basically indicating that this order is continued when you line up dead bodies and you're about to pray. All right? Men, kids, and women. Kids and women don't forget. Correct. I should make that very clear. Women don't forget anything. I have no idea how that works, by the way. It's insane. There are some stereotypes which are hilarious because they're just so true. They might be offensive. You might not like it, but they're so flipping true. Anyway, so men, kids, women. The question is, and so that, that, that structure is maintained. The question should be, though, is it relative to the Qibla or relative to the Imam? So if it's relative to the Qibla, like this statement, like in the janazah, then that would be the same in the prayer. So the men should be there and the thing should be here and the women, the imam should be here. That means the imam is close to the women. And Sheikh Uthameen says, no, actually when we say in the janazah, we're saying the same order of men, kids, women, but reversed. And the imam is here. And the, imam, the man is in front. Then the kids, then the women. So the women are at the now the opposite end of the qibla and the imam is this side. All right? And Shaykh Uthameen also makes the point that the actions of the Prophet are not most authentic, as you'll see when Fiqh of Death is released. Okay. One year, one day, God knows. Yeah. Couldn't even get Fiqh of Salah out. Yeah, and forget, forget about Fiqh of Death. The, um, uh, that the, the, the men, uh, the, uh, 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 what does uh, Shaykh say here? So yeah, he wants to make a point now about the, um, the way that you would uh, line up, and I've drawn this before, I think, I don't know whether in this class, but certainly other classes, is that the, the, the man, the, the imam prays towards the head of the uh, 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 male. So if this, this, body, this, my hand is the male body, this is the head, they're facing towards qibla, that way, okay, and the imam stands here, all right? But if it was just one woman that I was praying over, then man stands here. In the middle of the woman, and so when you are when you are having uh, men and uh, men 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 men, and then you got kids, they follow. And then you got women. Women are put like this. Okay, no, sorry, they're put like. Uh, what happens, men? Like that, exactly like that. Yeah, All right, like this. So I will pray, yeah, and it, over the man's head, over the woman's waist. So the woman is put like that, so that I pray here and I end up therefore in the middle of her waist, whereas I pray here and I end up with the man head. So men, 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 women, like that. Okay, so that's the uh, system of lining up, and this is of course just for uh, uh, sunnah purposes. It's not obligatory that it needs to be kept like this. Allah knows best. I went over time, guy. By the way, I'm sorry about that. Um, but, that, but to be honest, I had had probably about 15 minutes of tangents. I'm sure that Mesa will be wanting to tell us. And correctly so. Any more important questions? So, uh, no, I think the class position is that it is encouraged. I don't think it is that it is allowed. I think that it should be encouraged as much as possible in their gatherings. I believe it's a sunnah. Allah knows best.
Mm, what a question. Most funds I've seen seem to be set up just for individual families based on specific masjids. Or they are charitable funds for people who can't pay for their funerals. <sighs> what a question. Well, what I would say is that now is a better time than ever for this to be put forward as a request because the national Omar, you know our Omar, you know in the Amul, you know the Telegram group. You can't hear. Hmm. Interesting. Hello, testing. Yeah, you should be able to hear. Why are you not able to hear? Um. Okay, yeah. So, um, uh, Omar Suleiman in uh, the Telegram group, yeah, who heads up the uh, uh, Wahid uh, thingamajig, yeah. Um, he also is the founder of um, of uh, of uh, founder of the National Waqf Foundation. Okay, the National Waqf Foundation, and I think that. Uh, and they've got good funds and good ideas as well and um, you can gather uh, uh, sorry uh, it, it, this might be an idea to pitch to him because they're always looking to support ideas and so on and that's exactly what this needs it needs a waqf and i tell you why Maryam says that trust for the family's funeral costs the reason that that's not going to happen is because um, these are what, what Amal is speaking about is people who don't have family or Muslim family, uh, converts and things like that, or individuals that don't have these kind of folks around. So they need to be this kind of setup. So I think that's the way forward, actually, Amal. Yeah. Um, is it riba if between two companies, one has to pay a reduced amount if goods are late? If you own both companies, then I think no. I've answered that question before on Telegram. For Zakat, is it permissible to pay direct from a company? Yes, it is. Um, if that is uh, going to bring some... Uh, benefits. Yep, that's right. Omar SL on Telegram. All right, guys. So don't forget, inshallah. Uh, uh, what we're we not forgetting? Aqsa. Don't forget Aqsa, right? People sleeping on Aqsa, I'm telling you, man. Ramadan there, man, having a laugh. Number one, don't forget Dominion in a couple of weeks' time in Bradford. And watch out next week for the Fiqh Salah. Inshallah, launching next week. And your aim, everybody here is to get a hundred people from your own friends and family who are not normally practicing or not normally big on this to get involved in the class, okay? Every single person here. I want to say a thousand people, actually. Every single person here. You should go out and spread that to absolutely... They will never get an opportunity to have a more fun, easygoing and, you know, and detailed without realizing that it's detailed uh, study of the... Uh, the whole issue to do salah. Alright guys, I'm out. Zakmullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta wastaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yalla, put it on secret works, man, you fish. What's the score? One nil. To who? To me. Shut up. Ha! On the podcast, guys, 
you just heard me asking about United and uh, Leeds uh, score. We're now going to find out. Yalla, you got the bonus. Take care. Well, you might not. But considering it's mostly Americans listening to this podcast anyway, I just want to, and folks who listen to this class again 10 years later, I just want to say this is Manchester United versus Leeds. Second half has started. We might get about 20 minutes. That's me and Yahya in Cairo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.